0: Welcome, everyone, to the Four Investors podcast, the everyday financial podcast for the everyday investor. I'm Andrew Gay, along with Gilbert Pies, and we are the Texas Hill Country Advisors, local independent financial advisors located in the heart of the beautiful Texas Hill Country. In today's show, we are joined by Nuveen Managing Director and Portfolio Strategist, Brian Griggs to discuss a little bit about what he sees as top concerns for investors as we look to close out 2023 and turn our eye towards 2024. Brian has over a decade of experience as a cross-asset investment strategist focused on both public and private markets. As a senior member of Nuveen's portfolio strategy and solutions team, he develops and delivers custom analytics, thought leadership, and portfolio construction views to investment advisors and their clients. I have a brief disclosure to read for our listeners, and then we'll jump right in. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered to NEXT Financial Group, member of Texas Hill Country Advisors is not an affiliate of NEXT. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance is not guaranteed future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay, the Pies, and Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not those of NEXT. The S and P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. All right, Brian. Hello, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me back, Andrew. Always a pleasure.
0: So, Brian, last time we talked uh, towards the beginning of this year, you mentioned the switch in investor uh, focus from inflation fears at the end of 2022 to recession fears uh, in 2023. We haven't quite seen a recession just yet. And even just this past weekend, I saw an article in The Wall Street Journal that cited their most recent survey from business and academic economists. And it said that they saw the probability of a recession now sitting at less than 50 percent. So, How has your view changed, Brian, if any, on the probability of the US to see a recession sometime in the near future?
1: Well, Andrew, thank you for keeping me honest about what I said earlier this year, because you're exactly right. Coming into this year, I think most investors were much more concerned with the prospect of a recession in 2023. For better or for worse, the economy has been amazingly resilient, uh, despite the fact we've, we've witnessed one of the most aggressive rate hiking cycles from the Federal Reserve in history of Federal Reserve. I think a lot of people coming into this year thought that higher interest rates were going to drag on the consumer, drag on hiring. And we just haven't really seen that. Uh, if anything, we've continued to see upside surprises in the data. Well, But I will say there was one part of my our outlook at the beginning of the year that said one of the worst outcomes for markets might actually be a too hot economy. Because if we're looking forward 12 months and we don't have a recession, that probably means that inflation is going to remain elevated and the Federal Reserve is going to be keeping interest rates higher for longer. That's exactly where we are today. And the market last few weeks, for a number of reasons, has been volatile. But I think part of that volatility is driven by the fact that hmm, we might not see uh, rates come down as quickly as many were hoping, the next 12 months. Um, So we're still very mindful of cracks in the economic picture, and we're positioning in a diversified way because of that. But I will say, yes, 2023 was supposed to be the year of the bond. It's taken a little bit longer to play out than many anticipated, I believe.
0: Right. So with that in mind, Brian, what, in your opinion, are a few things investors should be aware of as we kind of move forward from here? Well, first, we're
1: seeing a lot of volatility in the bond market. You know, the 10-year treasury yield hit 5% today, uh, which which is kind of a new high watermark in this cycle. I would say this, though. The bond math looks about as attractive today as it has at any point in the past few few decades, meaning uh, when yields are at this level and the prices of your bonds are coming down, you start to see something called positive convexity. Which means that basically, if yields keep going up from here, you're gonna be hurt less on your bond prices than you'll be benefited from rates moving lower. Plus, you have high starting coupon yields. So, um, if you are a buy and hold income investor looking out three, five years down the road, I think today is an excellent opportunity for municipal bonds, high quality corporate credit, um, and even treasuries. Uh, Two, I think the other thing to keep in mind is with higher yields, you don't necessarily need to take as much risk in the portfolio to generate the same amount of return as you probably ha- had to back when yields were at 1% or so. Mm-hmm. So that should be a good good thing for investors. And then lastly, inflation is still here. Um, it, it's taking much longer to come down, partly because we've had a very resilient job market. There's still almost one and a half open jobs in this country for every unemployed person seeking a job. So that's taking a while. That's taking... Means it's taking longer for wages, wages to come down. It's taking longer for services inflation to make its way out of the system. Um, so with that in mind, I would stay diversified across things that can do well in an inflationary environment. So it's short-term fixed income, real assets, real estate, what have you.
0: Yeah. It's so. Yeah, I want to pick up on something that you mentioned, the higher for longer narrative as far as rates are concerned. So that's been, I think, one of the dominating narratives for financial markets this year. Uh, So what do you think investors could expect from uh, this higher for longer narrative if it continues to hold true?
1: Well, if you look back throughout history, there's always a higher for longer narrative at the end of the Fed hiking cycle. Um, you know, in 2006, 2007, higher for longer, you know, and leading up to the dot-com bubble, the higher for longer environment tends to not always materialize because something happens when rates are elevated that causes an economic disruption, such as the great financial crisis in 2008 uh, and the COVID crisis in 2020 that causes the Fed to act. So that's not to say we will have some sort of calamity next year. But just looking at history, I think when interest rates are higher, it creates some fragility in markets and in the economy, more so than when rates are at zero, which means it doesn't take a whole lot or some sort of event to cause a drawdown. Uh, with that said, I think it's a good time to keep some dry powder on the sidelines. You know, we've, we've seen money market assets swell to over five and a half trillion I don't think you necessarily need to have a huge portion of your portfolio in cash today because, we you know, cash historically doesn't always keep up with inflation. But with T-bill yields north of 5%, it's not a bad time to have some part of your portfolio on the short end of the curve. Uh, in the event we do have some sort of slowdown next year, which means you're going to be able to buy risk assets at more attractive prices.
0: Okay. So if I had to pin you down, Brian, would you say... Pin me down. Soft landing, hard landing, no landing. I even saw a new one this morning. Good landing. Uh, where do you, where? What's your best guess with any of those?
1: I think delayed landing and then a hard landing.
0: Delayed right? landing. So
1: delayed landing, uh, meaning that I don't anticipate and Naveen doesn't anticipate dramatic Fed rate cuts anytime in the next six months. Um, perhaps in the back half of next year, we might we might see more economic headwinds cause the Fed to act and and move rates lower a little bit. But I think when that time comes, um, you know, there's a case for the economic resilience that we see today. It's really hard to tell if that's still going to be the the situation nine months from now. Um, But I think eventually we will get some sort of recession or at least mild, mild recession, probably in the back half of next year is my call.
0: And finally, Brian, last thing I wanted to ask you while uh, you were with us today was, and you've already kind of mentioned this, but maybe if you don't mind reiterating some of it, was where do you see some possible areas for opportunities uh, or opportunity for investors to we kind of look to close out this year?
1: Well, I think within equities, you know, we continue to advocate for high-quality stocks. So things, um, companies that are larger, that are have well-established brands, strong balance sheets, have a history of growing their dividends. Um, I don't think now is the time to venture into the more speculative areas of the equity market, such as the long duration technology area. Um, We like some tech, certainly. And we don't think it's necessarily a time to go bargain hunting in the small cap area. We like U.S. large cap investments, particularly the higher quality variety. And then on the fixed income side, um, like I I said at the onset, I I think, you know, it's really hard to tell where the 10-year treasury yield is going to move in a week or a month or even six months. But if you're a bond investor and you know when you're going to collect your principal and your coupon payments, we're seeing yields today at multi-decade highs across most fixed income. Um, That doesn't mean that you're going to get really strong price appreciation on those bonds in the near term, because like you mentioned, Andrew, higher for longer is kind of the new zeitgeist. And I think there's good reason for that. But you're getting paid to wait. So you're going to earn some coupons. And in the event we do have a slowdown, fixed income is poised to perform very well.
0: Well, unfortunately, Brian, we're getting towards the end of our time for this episode. But I wanted to say a special thank you to you and your team for being willing to join us today and discuss some of y'all's outlook um, forward for the economy and markets. And I really look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you again.
1: Always a pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me on.